Welcome to the Think Education podcast. My name is Chris Hill. Uh, today, I am joined by a very good friend of mine from uh, far away at the moment, um, which is sad because we haven't seen each other in person in, in quite a few years. Um, I'm joined today by Professor Angela Yung-Chi Hu, who is a professor of higher education at National Changi University in Taiwan, where she serves currently as the Associate Dean of the College of Education. Um, Angela's been involved in quality assurance for, well, certainly as long as I've known her and, and uh, in practices and research for more than 15 years. Um, during that time, she served as Vice President of the Asia Pacific Quality Network, Vice President of the International Network of Quality Assurance in Higher Education, International Reviewer of countless institutional program accreditations and the country list is is too long to even uh, um to go but it's uh, among some we've got uk hong kong macau philippines mongolia um angela specializes in higher education policy quality management internationalization faculty development and uh, i think recently and, and most interestingly perhaps quality assurance of cross-border higher education which is a topic we're going to talk uh, a lot about Angela's um, been involved and led on international higher education research projects funded by Taiwan and the U.S. government. She served as chief editor for Higher Education Evaluation Development Journal and the Journal of Higher Education by Taiwan. Um, published over 130 papers, both Chinese and in English, articles, book chapters, reports, evaluation, etc., etc. And I just found out today won the um, prestigious National Science Foundation um, Outstanding Researcher Award in uh, in Taiwan, um, which I think is is uh, is well deserved um, and and such fantastic yeah. news. Um, so thank you very much for for your time, uh, Angela. It's a, it's a pleasure to both have you on the podcast, but to be able to have a conversation with you. We we yeah. haven't had one in person for for many years, but um, yeah. pre COVID, yeah. we certainly. We certainly got to, to have these chats uh, without them being recorded, I suppose. Uh, but uh, hey, it's, yeah, it's great, yeah. to, great to have you on. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for uh, your kind intro introductions about me. And, and also, I was very um, excited to join this section and to share um, all my observations or the research for uh, some of my experiences in the government etc. with all the um, listeners okay in this session. So I'm very happy to to be with uh, my one of my best friends, okay, Chris, okay, in the following um, uh, hour. Yeah, we um we met uh, when I used to work in Malaysia and we, we met um, when you were at a previous university in yeah. Taiwan. Um, and uh, we sort of Yeah. But I think it's before that before that I think we already met in Taiwan. We yeah. uh, um, at FJU, right? Yeah, we've been to yeah, yeah, Catherine University at the times. I, I I was the directors of the faculty development center, student learning resources, and at the time I remember that we are the faculty development is one of the significant issues for um, higher education in Taiwan, and then we have you to um, <laughs> yeah. share uh, your experiences in teaching and then how to really uh, develop the faculty capacity yeah, yeah. In, in teaching as well as in the research. So you've been to Furian Catherine University for a few times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We started to, we started to work on together some, some research papers, right? Oh, absolutely. And you are... Um, uh, 
uh, enormously um, influential in my publication record. Um, so I, I appreciate, I always appreciate uh, uh, working with you. Um, it's done wonders for my, um, the volume of my publication. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so all, all yeah, early... Well, thank you for being my co-author. No, no, no. So, I mean, Judith, yeah. Judith and I have done sessions in the past where we've talked about you know, providing advice and guidance for early career researchers and, and sort of newer academics in terms of publication. Yeah. Find yourself yeah. a good writing partner, find yourself a good writing, working research team. And it, it really does benefit over, over yeah. the long run. So um, now that's been that's been wonderful. Speaking of which, I mean, um, you you've recently returned to Taiwan from a conference, right? In um, Astana. Is that right? Yeah. And as, yeah, I was back from Inquahi's conference, uh, held in Astana. And yeah, this also been uh, you know, very first time after the pandemic and so many uh, petitioners. Um, now we could, we, that we meet each other in person and uh, share our views and then also tries to um, um, comment on some emerging issues and how exactly is that a quality assurance people agencies or even the professional response to issues such as the micro credential yeah um in in during the pandemic the students um teachers you see is, um we, we we've been restricted um to um at home or even no travels i mean um, but the learning cannot be stopped so it means the uh, emergence of the micro credentials becomes the issues so um in Astana, some presentations um, actually share the experiences and then how exactly is that the micro-credential, the quality could be ensured. It's more challenging because the micro-credentials that uh, programs or the course has been offers in, in a shorter time and then how exactly is that the quality assurance people or even agency really okay um, ensure these types of the program. So a lot of challenges, but it's interesting students from um, the different agency experiences and then they see how they prepare for that because they did that micro credential or others, okay, like even uh, CBHEs, whatever those issues, uh, I mean, after the pandemic still will become the mainstream of uh, higher education development. Um, yeah, including in Asia. Yeah. So I, I was just curious, actually, I mean, we talked to Fabrizio a little bit about this, but how how does it work sort of agency to agency? I mean, what's the the level of discussion, collaboration, sort of information sharing? How does that how does that work when you when you are able to get together, whether it's electronically or, or, or physically? What What's that sort of uh, experience like? It means um, before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, I mean, it's agency to agency um, in Asia, okay, from my experiences. Um, we closely collaborate with a lot of things. Uh, for example, we, we, when we join, we may develop some kinds of the joint um, uh, accreditations activities, and we try to engage what to learn the different agencies, um, the QA practices by uh, joining the on-site visit and etc. So a lot of the cooperations, they just you know sign the MOU and then but, and then uh, let the staff exchange. So physically, um, that uh, agency to agencies, we, we, we hope that, that the staff or even our reviewers or even the, Q, uh, the agency's administrators will be able to know exactly the different system and then the hope that could bring those new ideas back to their own agency um, to, to think of the standards, the scheme, QS scheme, or even um, 
to to innovate their QA policy. So um, when I was at HEAC, um, 2016 to 2021, um, I served as executive directors of the Higher Education Evaluation Council of the Taiwan. And I, I, I you know, um, just um, make my greatest efforts to to enhance this kind of the transnational cooperation and to work with the different quality assurance agency um, in the different types, different ways. We, for that's what I mentioned. We we may have the staff exchange, and then we have the joint event, international conferences, and then even we have some. We we work with some agencies um, in terms of the mutual recognition. Mm. So Malaysia, okay, when I was in in, in HEAC, and then we we. We believe that in order to facilitate the student's ability, and if so, the both agency could recognize our review outcome, um, that definitely will facilitate that the student mobility, and then I hope that the qualifications awarded in a third country of the different countries will be recognized by both sides. So that was a very, very interesting project, and we made it, and then also benefit the student a lot. Yeah, 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 and then also by other yeah other agencies, what we try to do this, we we also have the joint research project, and we apply, uh, we apply um the proposals to the inquiry because the inquiry they have funding scheme. They also encourage the quality assurance agency they could work together, um, in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that the things they could share their same interest and also they could learn each other and finally could develop good practices. And that could be benefit uh, from each other, but at the same time, these good practices that could be shared with all quality assurance agencies around the whole world. Yeah. So a lot of the ways that we, we do it together, and then I mean over the years um, when I was in HEAC, um, yeah, that's a great achievement made <laughs> through this kind of the cooperation. Yeah, absolutely. I was wondering, um, has uh, has the you know did the pandemic Obviously, it changed many things in, in, you know, in many ways, but has it yeah. accelerated yeah. the need for regional, you know, cross awareness, you know, because potentially students are moving more regionally rather than internationally. Um, obviously, yeah. it's as you said, it's raised issues of micro credentials and you know, new teaching models. But yeah. what yeah. if you could talk a little bit about yeah. what these emerging challenges or, you know, what you're seeing in the in the you know, the landscape um, and how, how it's being responded to. Um, yeah, I th- thank you for, for this, uh, the questions and an inquiry. Um, in Asia, I think that over the years in high, high education um, expanded rapidly. So definitely quality becomes a, one of the issues. And uh, you could see that after the 2000, um, most of the Asian uh, governments, they all established the national quality assurance schemes. And then even they established one national accreditors to review the local uh, higher education providers. So in what, because you see that uh, the, the Asian government really uh, realized that uh, this at times really ensure not just the public uh, uh, higher education provider, also the private higher education providers are quality. So that is very, very significant quality issues, but not that one of the challenges is um, uh, depends on the different system, their culture, or even their size, right? China is so, so super, super large. And how exactly is that the quality could really be assured under the set of the standard or even a criteria? So it really 
look at quite challenges for the governments to develop kind of the uh, the scheme to really fit into the system, especially um, the system is a super super large, and how exactly you could accommodate the different types of the providers or even the different students' needs. I think it's always been the issue. So I mean, over the years, um, since the two thousand. Gradually, gradually, most of the, uh, I mean, almost, almost um, that uh, Asian governments have developed their quality assurance system. So um, some of the data shows that so far in uh, Asia, um, including East Asia, uh, ASEAN, or Asia Pacific, I think they're around the 81, 83 quality assurance agency as well as professional accreditors. And that has been supported by the governments or even been supported um, by, uh, you know, the universities, right, to really, okay, uh, share, um, um, you know, their, their uh, good practices with mm-hmm. the university. Because uh, one, one of the issues is um, you, could, you, could, you could find that um, though the universities in, in Asia and has been encouraged to develop the internal quality assurance mechanism. But you could see that most of the universities will be um, affected by the external quality assurance mechanism, the standards that developed. So you could see that how exactly is to to integrate, okay, um, that the in IQA, also the EQA, um, and then that the IQA becomes um, more prominent, okay, and then it won't be... Uh, it, Extremely affected by the EQA. Okay, you see, because the, when you're talking about EQA, say as a government control, as a government regulation, and then then and then the universally uh, gradually they they seem that lose their autonomy. So it means now another issue here is um, in addition to that the QA scheme establishments in most of the QA in most of the Asian context nowadays, but now they still believe that the university should be empowered. Because the IQA is more important than EQA, and though the governments um, still know that okay, they should not really impose so much okay on university and let them follow the same patterns, um, but um, that is kind of the the culture of this context that we always will see because there's been a long run. Um, um, most of the most of the nations or in Asia, you could see um, the government played a significant role, and, and the system, uh, most of the system, as a very centralized. So no wonder um, that the university, though we hope that through the whole uh, the QA system, the QA procedures, we hope they could develop their capacity, and then they will really know their strengths and the weaknesses and improve themselves. But um, yeah, and it's still one of the issues, how to really let them be in power and autonomy and then know uh, to develop their own uh, competitiveness. I think that's another issue that um, most of the context in Asia that are facing. I mean, and that's that's kind of a maturity issue, right? It's once once the universities have, yeah. have developed and gone through one or two cycles, there's, I guess, sort of a, a greater a trust. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, how how did that, manifest or how was that evident during the pandemic when for example you can't do site visits you know you you can't do physical yeah. reviews and and how, mm. how 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 did that how did that get worked out or maybe not worked out but how did how did that get sort of addressed 
Yeah, so that is also very interesting issues, and then and challenges the most of the quality assurance agency. I mean, in Asia, probably around the whole world, like you mentioned, uh, some agencies they cannot really pay the services. So what they have to do is to do the tax review. So everything we review. Um, uh, through 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 online, review all the document universally provided, and then on the other hand, they may also have so-called a virtual on-site visit. Okay, right. <laughs> through uh, yeah, the internet, through the Zoom, through any kinds of the uh, digitalized platform, and then they interview those people, the things that they want to talk to. So um, the here have done that, and then also in Kwahi also done that during the pandemic. Um, take the HIA for example in, in two, uh, 2020 and the HIA was very very first uh, quality assurance agency in Asia um, was under reviews but in Kwahi okay during a pandemic and by using the virtual on-site visit so it's a more complicated I honestly honestly speaking um, 20 yeah the times I was the executive director so we prepare more than what we imagine yeah, so such as we have to prepare all the video because they're the panel reviewers. They want to see, okay, how exactly is your 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 office, your your uh, infrastructure. So everything that should be uh, shot uh, before, and then they look at that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then they also you have to contact those people they were interested, uh, the things they want to talk to. So though as a, but. For for um, but this still is as one of the tenally. Um Since now um, that uh, we all been uh, restricted to the travel is restricted, but but the quality still should be um, maintained. You cannot you because uh, that the pandemics and then the virtual onsite uh, that the on, a physical onsite has been cancelled and then the quality like will will be diminished. So um, I mean. Though, I mean, uh, most of the QA agency includes in Taiwan. One thing is we will turn all uh, that uh, reviewed into uh, the text reviews only. This is one alternative. Another one is we may also, um, we think that probably it's not enough because for, as a QA agency, you cannot just review those documents. Sometimes you have to verify exactly what those mm-hmm. documents are accurate or not accurate. So talk to someone else or stakeholders still very significant for the QA. Uh, you know, uh, decision. I mean, finally, we'll see if, if that exactly um, what I, I observe, what exactly is what what I, I read is correct or not correct. So, I mean, you see some some agencies or in Asia, they will try to combat both tech reviews, and on the other hand, they will also uh, conduct the so-called virtual onsite visit. So interview, okay, also the different stakeholders, they think that they might provide some more uh, information for them to make a final decision. Mm. And you could see also some agency, they try to extend it. It means that now I cannot pay the answer visit, particularly some, some um, um, uh, uh, the medical uh, 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 programs, okay, uh, the review, because they, this is, in, this is a very challenging, it's a very, very complicated for them to just look at those documents and then also uh, re- um, interview them uh, from on site because um, they still have to see how, how you know, uh, that the university trained the students to take care of the pas- passions and mm. what, etc. So um, that, that is more complicated. You can see some of those professional 
uh, agency, they decided to extend it. You see, okay, if they we cannot do it this year, okay, it seems now we, we're extending your validity for one year will be mean one and a half year, right? And then uh, when that is time, when when a crisis and not a serious, when the pandemic probably um, will not that that the impacts will not be serious, and then the status to resume. So there's the different approaches. But luckily, I mean, take the Taiwan for example. Um, uh, we 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 still uh, we still could have uh, the physical onsite visit. Um, seems because the 2020 2021 still that um, situation is not very serious in Taiwan. Though we but we we, we have a lot of the safety measures mm. in order to ensure um, the health and the reviewers and all the agency staff and also you know universally also kind of anxious right you know, a group of the people more than okay um ten or a dozen and then how come okay the, 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 at the time you can see people still afraid of the contact but um um we 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 try to uh we list a lot of the safety measures okay if we want to uh uh, pay the onsite visit or even if we want to um go to the universities and though those what exactly that we should prepare what in advance but on the other hand they also tries to for the reviewer training okay most of the reviewer trains we think that maybe this is they all turn into the virtual mode mm. so it means that quite kind of the um um, um you know uh, combinations but for the university we still think that is of very very important to visit the school to see the campus and to see how okay that um, the, the teachers and the students interact with each other but for the review training okay we think that no oh, yeah yeah mm. um, in order to um, you know reduce the risk so you could see during the pandemic most of the review training though uh, transition in the past that I was invited to um, on site and then for the whole days um, seminar or even the sections, but they all turn into the uh, the virtual mode. Mm. And now you could see, even after now the pandemic's almost you know coming to the end, and now uh, most of the Q agencies continue to uh, maintain this kind of mode because things are more convenient yeah, yeah. Yeah, and save cost. <laughs> yeah, and you see those reviewers now, professors. So um, sometimes it's not easier to really engage them all. Okay, in one place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that becomes a kind of the new mode. Yeah, mm. yeah. For for the quality assurance agent. Which I mean is a, is a very positive outcome, right? Of the pandemic. I mean, it's it's uh, well, it's yeah. not. Um, yeah. I, I was it's great lesson. For yeah. <laughs> I, I was curious. Um, you know, when you're talking about the the medical and 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 students preparing, I, I was curious actually yeah. whether. Um, because we've seen a lot, a lot of you know discussion and literature coming out of you know particularly Western universities about how students' perceptions of education have changed since the pandemic. You know, and and how obviously being yeah. taught online versus taught face to face, and the value of of you know what they're paying for and the experience. And I, I was curious, yeah. has this altered the way quality assurance is, is measured? You know, are, are students now? you know, more of a voice in the quality assurance process? Are, are we now looking at, you know, is teaching and learning and student engagement more um, reviewed or, you know, has, has, has the, as you were talking before about the teaching methods, has that altered the, the things that you look at in the QA processes? Um, I think my observation is yes. 
I mean, for the QA um, it impacted by uh, the pandemic and the QA tries to be more flexible. Mm. Uh, honestly speaking, that's true because you see um, that the crisis made you have to change everything uh, immediately and quickly. So uh, flexibility, I think, is one of the um, um, you know alternative one of the experiences. I mean, it's the most of the QA uh, agency that learn through this kind of a process, and they also think of that. Also, I think through it, it, pandemic also uh, give that the QA uh, agency that I have the lesson to see um, how. Should we should we have should we have the you know um, the different mode of the of the the QA uh, review scheme, and should we consist you know uh, basically quality assurance consists of three elements. One is we could see is the is the uh, the um, the cell assessment because the universities they have to okay uh, do their the, the internal reviews, uh, first of all, and, and come up with the cell assessment report. And then the other one is about uh, with peer review. So it means that the panel usually will be um, uh, consist of uh, uh, groups of experts and from university or even from employers, whatever. But anyway, it's the expert. And then the other one is that they call, we all, that's what we talk about um, uh, on sub-visit. Yeah, so because you have to, it says how you different from the ranking. Mm. <laughs> because the ranker, I would never visit a university, they look at the data or the paper, then they're the paper you publish, and then, then they give you, they, they, they made a judgment, and then to let you know, or then, then see, okay, you made number one, number two, and number three. So but I would never visit the university, I would never see how did the teachers and the students interact with each other. But this is why, how, it's, it's also, the, but, but, the, but the pandemic meant, but uh, the 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 quality assurance um, agency, okay, to rethink um, one thing, uh, we still have to maintain the quality. But on the other hand, is how come we have to make this kind of scheme is more flexible in order to, okay, continue to maintain the quality to ensure that the quality has been exercised on the. Uh, a campus in, in, in a classroom. So, uh, I mean, flexibility, I think, is a very, very um, the one of the uh, um, notions that has been implicated and that has been actually uh, been discussed all the time, no matter it's from the QS perspective or even from the university. But it doesn't mean that we, we could reduce the quality. Okay. So it means that, in um, the other way, encourage. Um, the different types of the teaching uh, pedagogy, because mm -hmm. we can the past we all think that yeah, then um, students all should be on site. But now you can see from my observation, also some literature shows that um, the hybrid mode becomes more getting his popularity, mm -hmm. and because the things that why now we could we could we, could, we in order to accommodate more and more. Um, that in common day, um, that um, the different stakeholders in, in, in the learning or even in the learning process, so why not we could use a more alternative approach to engage that those students is inside. This is why I know I learned from the Hong Kong experiences, many Hong Kong university, uh, though the pandemic is almost end, but it, they, they, they uh, tend to use the hybrid mode. Mm -hmm. It means that the students, if down for international, some Chinese students cannot okay, uh, travel back to the Hong Kong, but they still could stay in, in China. But at the same time, um, that is the, the university provide 
okay, um, that the online learning platform and then also on-site both sides. So, I mean, we, 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 we try to be more flexible and we try to accommodate a different kind of approaches. And then, but at the same time, uh, the university also uh, develops um, kind of the review or even the standards or even to provide more and more uh, resources with the universities. Uh, we will provide more resources with the teachers to let them, okay, so really manage this kind of a course <laughs> efficiently. I'm still learning. I know uh, during the pandemic in Taiwan, I, uh, most of the uh, universities uh, we adopt the hybrid mode because though um, in during the pandemic, uh, students in Taiwan we still attend uh, the class physically, but the international students they all could not be uh, back to Taiwan. So this is why uh, we have to we forced to use the hybrid mode. Really challenging in the initially, but gradually, gradually, okay, as you learn how to engage that the student on site, also the student online, and then also uh, think about how we could have the more appropriate assessment mode. Yeah, because yeah, not just the written test or other modes, they could really let uh, us understand uh, how that the student learns in that whole process. Yeah, in this course. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a, uh, this is very similar to some of the conversations I was, uh, or topics I was talking about with, with Fabrizio, that, you know, the, the role of a QA agency yeah. is to evolve, right? It, it, it has to yeah. maintain a level of quality, but also respond to what's happening, which is a, a difficult line to, yeah. to sort of straddle, right? It's, um, yeah. it's an interesting one. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Could I, I agree. Yeah. So, could I ask you um, to come back to something that you know from from your your intro about the the cross border um, QA or the joint degree you know QA that you've been involved with in Asia? I mean, is that a a particular set of challenges? Is that you know a completely easy, straightforward thing to do? I mean, how how does that how is that <laughs> how does that work? And, and has it been has it been increasing in appetite? Yeah. 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 Recently, I just complete a marriage group. Okay, since that we work together, uh, you you uh, that paper about the uh, qualifications for joint uh, degree programs in Asia Pacific. We have about a target on uh, the top research university in QS, the top two hundred university, to see how exactly they uh, collaborate with each other and then how exactly they ensure the quality of this type of the programs. So uh, that was very interesting research, and then, uh, but I also uh, learned from their experiences. Even they are top research university in Asia, okay, but they still not that easy for them to really maintain the quality of this type of programs. Um, uh, in terms of the IQA as well as the EQA, and um, so um, for 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 my observations, I mean, uh, over the years. How exactly is that we could that then the the quality of the this type no matter a joint degree program or the dual degree programs whatever or they can, that could be really implemented with the quality really rely on the cooperations between the faculty members yeah though the institution you see uh, from uh, uh, some research may show what even universal experience as universally okay they quite encourage that. Um, uh, that uh, faculty or even uh, that um, that the professors that you could uh, help to 
develop this kind of connections. And but they would really take a, a long uh, take times for them to finally make this kind of the programs being established. But most important thing is how you could really engage students in this kind of uh, programs. I think this is another story for my personal experience because um, uh, since the 2019. Uh, uh, my university, NCCU, and the Linnan, we have the joint degree program. Uh, you have been invited to join the uh, course before online, right? Um, yeah, we based on based on based on you know that the uh, um, the connection between the Linnan and also the NCCU, the Faculty of Education, and then uh, also our research interest. We have the same research interest, so we could really make this kind of programs continuing. Con continuously to be operated in both sides. And then we, we, we also uh, make our greatest efforts to engage the students uh, in this program over the past three years. So I do not think it's easier, okay. Uh, one thing is how to really make this kind of program um, continue it. Okay, conti to be continuous to operate it. Because you can see uh, some some universities, though they may, they may have a lot of agreement between the university to university, say that OYADA MOU has been done, but they are not really being implemented, no students, and they're just there, okay, it's just mm. a piece of paper. But when that uh, agreement is signed, and then how they, how, how engaged that the faculty members in the whole process, and then also at the same time to encourage the students to uh, take part in this kind of the programs. I think this is a very, very uh, uh, complicated. But um, quality, I think, is the most important issues. How would that um, that the, the the two universities? Okay, how you really um, uh, recon, um, recognized um, that the credit it means that the students are required to take and the courses, okay, thing I recognize yours and you recognize me, okay, that, and then that fulfilled our joint goals. And also for some graduate programs, most important thing is how that the faculty members from both sides jointly supervised that the students and also that the students will benefit from both sides. So the lot of cooperations and then the communications um, um, in process and um, but I I I think that um, though it, it, to, to begin it is is not that, to begin it is not that easy. But as soon as actually you now engage the student in the whole process and then learning um, that um, that that the that the procedures as we know how to really uh, improve it. But I, I think that for uh, IQA. Uh, is one of issues, but EQA is another issues for those joint degree programs. From my observations, uh, honestly speaking, uh, if you look at the Asian um, uh, context or even uh, the governments, I do not think that uh, the government really commissions the national. Most of the most of most of the Asian governments do not really commission that the national accreditors to take care of the joint or even the cross-border higher education into their uh, QS scheme. So I think uh, that that might be um, so one of the challenges now, um, how um, that uh, the, this type of programs could really be assured externally. 
This is what what yeah. I observe. Even for those top research university, they still say, "Ah, oh, yeah, the governments probably um, they uh, they they fully trust the quality, okay, um, uh, the the program they provided because they are very good universities." But how come that the systems could be uh, EQS systems could be in place? Um, I think that that's still one of the challenges. Yeah, I mean, it, that's a, it's a good point, isn't it? Because you've either, you've got an, an option of a, a supranational body that oversees, which you know yeah. is problematic. Yeah. Uh, you've then got an option yeah. where two national accrediting agencies have to align <laughs> and, and collaborate. Um, yeah, and then you've got yeah. institutional level to level, which is so the appetite is yeah. there. As you say, for 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 agreement, it's just the sort of the practical. Um, I suppose it's funny, isn't it? Because there's there's always the assumption that if you are, as you say, a, a top research university or of a certain ranking or a certain standard, yeah. there's an assumption yeah, yeah. that your quality is, you know, X. But it still has to be reviewed and it has yeah. to be checked. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that 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 is that 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 is um, interesting too. It is a funny thing. Um, some Asian government they try to um, give those public research universities some exemption. It means that yeah, you 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 you've been ranked top. Um, you've been ranked top in some ranking system. So we 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 just believe that okay, uh, you the quality okay of of your schools. And then we also believe that the capacity of the schools could take care of this kind of programs. Mm. And then you will provide, okay, uh, a good uh, uh, quality of the education with the students. So that that is quite tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But and yeah, in some research shows that um, not the second tier university teaching oriented, actually they, the quality of education is better than those. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so where yeah, where do you think? Um, just to sort of uh, not to sum up because th- this is not an end conversation, but yeah, yeah. where where do you think? Yeah. Quality assurance is. You know, what are the the challenges of the next sort of whatever it is five or ten years? I mean, where where do you see the the movement in quality assurance within your your context? Ah. Uh, I think I still believe that uh, there are several things um, that I think the quality assurance agency um, need to take into consideration. One is how you're going to respond to uh, the diversifications of the higher education over the years. I mean, this has been always the issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, and being challenged by university, okay, they have set of the standard or even a criteria that um, they tries to accommodate all types of the institutions into it, and particularly during a pandemic. Okay, uh, new providers emerged. Um, the distant education, okay, um, get more and more uh, uh, popularity, and not all the quality assurance agencies are ready for that. They they still um, insist on their original. Uh, plan and original of Dainai, and this is one thing. How to respond to diversifications, I think this is one thing. And then to respond, to to support uh, the innovations of the higher education, because the uh, quality assurance 
also been criticized that um, they may, in certain way, kill the innovation. Right. <laughs> Because you have to fit into the scheme, and then if you do something different from that, and then we do not, we that probably uh, for some extent they won't be recognized by the QA body. So one thing is to respect the diversification, to diversity, and then also to to support the innovations. Um, you know, the, uh, the pandemic gave us the greatest lessons, and then how universally, definitely, okay, innovations is the is the one of the strategy for them to survive in the future. But um, not all the innovations will will succeed. Sure, <laughs> Some sure. may fail, <laughs> right? Right? Okay, and then how you could you could allow or even you you can tolerate. This kind of the failure, and then it won't be won't be considered as a bad quality. So that that is another thing that. And another thing I think um, that the challenges for QA agency is how you going. It's a time for you to rethink your your the partnerships between uh, the QA agency and then the government and as well as the institution. Um, over the past 20 years, you could see um, that the Q agencies uh, seems uh, extended arms of the government, right? And um, they, uh, they, they, their major roles like a quality regulators. But I do not think that is that is enough for Q A agency because universally, Q A agency played a very, very vital role to influence that the higher education developments. So, in addition to be, um, you know, like what we call the quality regulators. Okay, you probably also should play as a role of the think tank, think about the future, and then it also should be the good partner of the university. Okay, how you could from it, not just you. Sometimes I mean the Q agency may learn from university. You know, university they most of some context they the operate. They they have a lot of interesting idea. They even move further. Than mm, sure. what you expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why not you could learn from? Yeah, yeah. You could they could learn from them. I think that that this is if you are the partner. I mean, learn each other. Okay, uh, university is from EQA. No, no. Uh, you you will foresee that the new trends and then passing for information for university. But at the same time, I mean, the QA agencies also could learn from university and why they think. Okay. Uh, Um, then the regulation, okay, should be should be should be relaxed. Okay, should not be okay. Uh, you know, strictly control the schools, but otherwise, okay, they cannot do something different or innovative. I think we also should should learn from from the universities as well in in this time. And also in the future, I think the stakeholder engagement is also one of the issues. Like take the um, the heat, uh, inquiry. For example, um, in the Inquiry GGG review, and now they have the ISC review in the future. They they strongly uh, uh, emphasize that uh, through the QA, uh, no matter internally or even externally, IQ or EQA should engage the students as well as the employers. Mm-hmm. How you could listen to the students' voice, and then okay, um, because they. We couldn't say they are the consumers, but at least okay, uh, they are uh, the outcomes of the education, the yeah, graduates. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, in what way they they we could engage them in the whole process, and also the employers to learn um, what they think that the QA okay should really okay examine 
the quality of the uh, the university. I think that those stakeholder engagement probably is also another uh, challenge, and also the trends that the QA body should respond to that. Yeah. So a lot of ways they should do. They could do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Are they willing to do or not? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, they're all relevant because they they're yeah. all indicators of the world and the context within which the QA agencies operate, right? They, they need to be aware of, they need to be responsive yeah. to, they need to be sort of forward moving, they need yeah. to involve stakeholders. Um, yeah. yeah, as you say, education is changing. And so the, the assurance of its quality has to, not, not the fundamental expectation of quality, but the way that the quality is assured yeah. changes. So no, very, very interesting. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Thank you, thank you very much Great. for that. That's that's um, a lot of food for thought, thank um, you. and some really in-depth information about uh, the Asian and particularly Taiwanese and Chinese context. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, really appreciated. Okay. Um, thank you very much okay, for your you for your so time, much. and um, hopefully we'll be able to talk again in person uh, before too long. <laughs>